Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. I'm Andrew. And Debbie, this is a, it's a big day for Pitch Session. It really, it's momentous. And, and I mean, to be, to be honest, every day is a big day for Pitch Session, but today is especially big. Today is exceptionally big because we have our first interview. We are so excited. And not just anybody. We didn't pick a coach from, and let me be, you know, every coach is great, but some of them coach teams ranked in the teens or not even ranked. That's not where we started. We That's started at the top, at the very top. Number one, Iowa Hawkeyes head coach, Lisa Salucci is on the pod. And Later. what a delight. Later. Yes. What a delight. I, you know, she didn't say it. We've obviously already done it. But you know, I she was didn't gonna say, say you're it. talking about this like the past tense. Yeah, in their world, her, in the listeners' world. Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna say she didn't say it, but I felt like she inferred that she'd like to be a weekly guest. I agree. And and honestly, I don't even think she wants to be a guest. I think she wants to be full time. She, you think she we we go three hosts? Yeah, and I think she could be be willing to give up the coaching gig if pitch session takes up too much. Time. If we take off, I think we'd be we need some serious uh, sponsors if that's going to be the case. But she'll entertain. If only, it. if only there was someone who worked for a company that sold sponsorships that we knew. <laughs> if only. Yeah. So I think. We have to be a little more brief this week because we do have 15 minutes with the coach of the top-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. That's right. Uh, not our but strength, but we'll try. Not our brevity? Brevity is not our strength. Well, let's do what we do. Let's talk about the poll. Um, we had two undefeated teams last week. We still have two undefeated teams. Uh, Iowa remains 9-0. and uh, They're atop the poll with – 799 points. They do. They are not unanimous. Um, the rest of the top 10, North Carolina is seven and one. They have one first place vote, nine and one Northwestern, who matches Iowa for wins as four first place votes. Duke and Louisville round out the top five. Uh, sitting at number six, the other undefeated team in the country, your Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And they receive the remaining first place vote. Uh, not a lot of movement in the poll this week. Three teams did join. Uh, Massachusetts Lowell, someone you've had your eye on for weeks. Mm -hmm. The uh, the pretty good Danes of Albany and the above average size Red of Cornell uh, all joined the poll. But no one moved more than one spot. Uh, Duke up one to four. Louisville down one to five. Rutgers and Louisville or Rutgers and Virginia swapped at six and seven. Ohio State and Boston College swapped at 11 and 12. Uh, Harvard and Michigan swapped at 14 and 15. And then UMass went up one uh, to 17. And then UMass, Lowell, Albany, and Cornell round out the poll. So I have to I have a couple things to say about the poll. First off, we have to have a little bit of a corrections corner because last week I inferred, oh hang on hang on hang on there's, what what there, there's penalty corners there's long corners and there's correction corner <laughs> that's right so this corrections corner okay the fourth, just checking the, just the third the third corner um it, so last week I inferred a bit that Rutgers voted for themselves in the poll and I got several um friends of the pod reaching out to let they me know can. that 
they they can't. So my apologies to the Rutgers staff for the inference um, so of wait, any does sort that of misfeelings. Does that mean that nobody can be unanimous? I mean, oh, you know what? Yeah, I think so. So nobody could be a unanimous first place vote. But I will tell you, this is the reason that I think that that. I was not a unanimous first place uh, selection, and it's because I've been looking, keeping an eye on the RPI, and um, on the RPI, they're number five, Duke's number one on the RPI, Northwestern two, Louisville three, and North Carolina four, so I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people, I mean, I, every coach approaches the coaches poll differently, and I do think a lot of coaches go to the RPI as an, a sort of a a baseline for how they select. So I have a feeling that has an impact. But I mean, my issue with that is we already have the RPI. So oh, I'm a hundred percent with you. If, if you want to vote along the RPI, then don't vote in the poll. Just, just someone asks you, what do you think of the teams? Hand them a copy of the RPI. It's, you know, the idea here is, okay, that's the math, but what do your eyes say? You're a, you're a coach or you're an SID and you know, you're supposedly an expert and do do you do does the RPI jive with what you see? And chances are it does pretty close. But if you're going to vote like straight RPI, then don't vote because that's no fun. Thank you, Andrew. You are expressing something that has been a debate uh, at the NFHCA for like decades, and it was like it's an opinion poll, and the answer is yes, it is an opinion poll. That is the yeah. whole point. And, it is your the opinion. Opi the opinion should be genuine. So you know nobody should be voting you know, one of our remaining winless teams in the top 20, but you don't need, and, and clearly it's not though, because if Iowa is fifth in the RPI, but they did receive 34 of 41 first place votes. So 43. So, I mean, 34 people at least didn't vote straight RPI. If Duke is number one, they did receive two first place votes. So it's not like it's a, you know, people are voting straight or, you know, like I think the RPI just throws a different, I think people who look at the RPI closely throw a different element into the way that they vote. And I, but I will say like, it is the reason we do the coaches poll because I'm looking at, so I got, I was excited to watch Iowa, both Iowa and Duke play this weekend. And I think them paired up against each other when, when, and if they would play each other that, um, you know, it would be a really, really good game, but Iowa comes out on top. Yeah, probably. Like, they deserve to be number one at this point in the season. So, Especially when you look at who they beat. And can I tell you about this Duke game that I watched? So, of course, I was watching the American Lafayette game on Sunday. It wraps up, and I'm like, oh, well, let's see if there's any other hockey on. And I look, and Duke is still playing Harvard. I'm like, this should have wrapped like an hour and a half ago. So it turns out, well, so one, it went to double overtime. Duke wins 3-2, uh, but the game was laid by an hour and a half because of an umpire injury. And some, so, and <laughs> interestingly happening during umpire appreciation week, I'll let you break that down. Um, but then some, <laughs> some, some uh, good Samaritan came out, I'm assuming, came out of the stands, threw on a neon jersey, and did their best. I mean, what what are we doing? Uh, We're just pulling people from the stands? I mean, what Why do you do? What do you we do? Well, you play with one. I think one is better than one and one person who doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, I, I'm curious. I, so I, I went out into my little network and nobody had any information for me. Thanks a lot, everybody. But cause I was kind of thinking like, 
was this game closer than it should have been be because of the umpire? Because that person, well, it. here's the, but think about it though. With hockey, it's like this person with very little experience and just thrown into this is in charge of a whole circle where they could award penalty corner strike. Like they, they have, they you can mean, have a big impact. I, I feel like you so much better with one umpire going from top of the circle to top of the circle. Maybe. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. And obviously um, it sucks and like, it's not ideal, but I think a, a, a trained umpire at the top of the circle is better than someone who, and maybe this person calls youth games or high school games, but they're not going to be used to the speed. This it, It's so much faster. Uh, just going from grass to turf, it's going to be a lot faster. And, and yeah, so that person standing on the baseline on the goal line, trying to decide did that hit a foot whose foot was it um you know did that corner go one inch above the board i mean uh, well and i'm luck. wondering i mean they definitely probably i only saw it in the second overtime but i'm like i'm assuming they used the video how many, review how many balls did they use in overtime uh just one that's Sorry. a mistake. That is a huge mistake. <laughs> okay, so that game, I only saw a bit of it, but it clearly was a dramatic game and a big weekend for, it wrapped up a huge weekend for Duke and Old Beantown because they took down BC and they took down Harvard, two ranked opponents. Well, Harvard, um, someone from Harvard would say they're in Cambridge. That They're not in Boston, but nearby. Just saying, they, they would say, oh, I go to school in Cambridge. They'd say, I went to school near Boston, not in Boston, but nearby. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so, and the other game I watched that I just need to talk about a little bit is Northwestern Ohio State. So your Ohio State Buckeyes, who we've been enjoying discussing for the last few weeks, um, took just, I, I wouldn't even call it a tumble, just a little bit of a just a little bit of a trip and they lost Northwestern four, three, but like what a good game. It was a game to watch and that it was um, some like super high level goals from Northwestern's Olivia bent Cole scored this goal that I was just like, I grabbed the person I was watching and they're like, watch this goal. This is incredible. This is high level. Um, but then, so Ohio state, has been doing incredible and there are two standouts in my opinion mckenna webster who is i think she's playing like midfield scores a lot of their goals and their goalkeeper abby danson but mckenna webster here you go andrew she is a dual athlete transferred from the university of wisconsin's ice hockey team really yes well is she hang on is she a dual sport athlete it's yes she is currently playing uh, ice hockey uh, at oh uh, they're both hockey you're going to tell me that someone who runs the 400 and runs the 800 is a dual sport athlete. So are you saying that? So what do we call them? What do we, what do we call uh, she's a hockey, Webster? She's a hockey player. She's a dual season athlete. She's a hockey player. What does All she right. do in the fall? She plays hockey. What does she do in the winter? She plays hockey. What does she do in the spring? Probably plays hockey. <laughs> I'm just she saying, like you think of a traditional, I'm just saying you think of like a traditional two sport athlete and it's just not really, it's kind of unheard of at this point in time. Well, and she crushes say, it. What would you, would you name some dual sport athletes you've heard of since you said it's unheard of? Um, I've heard of Deion Sanders uh -huh. and I've heard of and Bo Jackson. 
How long have you known in your life that Deion Sanders was a dual sport athlete, roughly? About 30 minutes. About 30 and, minutes. And how long have you known that Bo Jackson existed? A little less. I was gonna say about 29 minutes. Yeah, okay. Just saying. I'm gonna just cop to. I will I my history my sports knowledge outside of the sport of field hockey is very abysmal. So that's where I got we balance out. I got some flack from not not knowing about the dream team last week. Um, that was crazy. I, still I know. I'm just really just telling you, it's bad. It's really bad. I mean, I can tell you a lot about younger, hockey, but you are a little younger than me. But but everyone, like, do you know? Do you know how many specials there's been on the dream team? I mean, I don't really watch sports specials. You I try. You I try. You I should watch Thirty for Thirty. You know I love 30, 30 for 30. 30. I know There's about 30 for 30. Winning time. That might be one of my favorite movies. Cheryl. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love 30. I love winning time. It's so good. Are we done talking about the poll? I think we are. All right. We're so excited to welcome our very first interview with head coach from uh, the University of Iowa, Lisa Salucci, in her 10th year with the Hawkeyes as the head coach, 24th year overall. Um, with the and you're currently ranked number one and undefeated so we are so excited to have you and you, you know gabby that's why we chose you we wanted the first person to be number one <laughs> so like if well, they if they had lost this past weekend this we'd be with someone else right now <laughs> <laughs> well you guys it, it is an honor to be here and thank you so much for having me on and i'm, I'm just really excited now that i I've, I've heard a couple uh, episodes of pitch session and i'm super super excited what do you, to be here wait 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 do you mean it what do you mean a couple? There's been five. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard. I, I don't understand too. a couple. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not like it's the middle of the season and you're busy. So, you know, let's find some I, I, I like to put on some podcasts when I drive or when I like take a walk just to try to clear my brain. And then this came across. I'm like, oh, yeah. let me listen to this. She, she wants to clear. Yeah. She can We're forget about all the other ones. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Well, one of our first questions, so we are obviously, like everyone, following your season very closely and super excited. I watched the last Michigan game. What, yeah. a, what a physical matchup it was. Yes. Um, yeah. But I think the thing we're all noticing, so Dion Van Alsom came out like crazy, um, shocked everyone. She's an incredible yeah. player. Um, yeah. Michigan marked her closely. She had a few less yeah. touches on the ball in the last game. So my yes. question to you is obviously we can, you can absolutely sing her praises, but who sure. else we got on the squad that you're really excited about? Yeah. Great question. We, cause we, we have a lot of people that are really, you know, supporting Dion and she did has done a fantastic job and yes, she's scoring goals, but we have a lot of people setting her up um, Two for sure stars that stand out on both sides of the ball. I, Esme Gibson, she's a fifth-year senior for us uh, in her super senior year, returning two-time All-American, um, and she can she has speed to burn. She plays a lot of different positions for us, but really since her freshman year hasn't come off the field, and she is just a playmaker. So um, definitely someone to to look out for. And then in the goal, uh, Mia Magnata, um, she's a redshirt sophomore, um, but I'll tell you what, she she was could have been the starting goalkeeper for any team in the country the last two years, but she was sitting behind an all American. Um, and she is unbelievably athletic, super fast. And, you know, we've only, only given up three goals so far this year. And she's, she's a big part of that. And as being a former goalkeeper, you know, I have a, I have a love for those guys in the cage and uh, she's one of the very best I've ever coached for sure. 
That's awesome. Well, and I'm watching these games. And I'm like, oh, my God, the Hawkeyes are crazy in the counterattack. I was like, is this it? I mean, you guys have been known for your great defense for all time. I'm like, this is when we make the switch. Like, are we still focusing on defense? <laughs> it's still a point of pride, but we are scoring like crazy. Well, thank you for saying that. Yes, I know. I mean, a crazy, one of our sports information people just showed, told me a stat the other day. They were like, you know, through nine games, you're – at 41 goals and through all of last season you scored 40 goals so um, which was kind of kind of crazy so yeah I mean I've heard the same thing from a lot of my colleagues like oh we know you always are tough defensively but now you have some people that can score and yeah we just you know we graduated eight seniors that have been fantastic we've had a lot of success the last five years but uh, this freshman crew that has come in um, just really we have to play a little bit differently than we have because of the personnel and yeah, we've been able to go forward a lot more and, and just take some risks and, and really have been able to score some goals. So it's been fantastic so far. I'm hopefully so, can keep it going. You may have just answered my question, but that's okay. I was going to ask, you've had a lot of good teams before, but probably none that have at least started off this well. Um, Nine and oh, and, and really dominating. What, what you went, one game went to overtime, you won by yeah. one goal once, and then the rest of them, I mean, I'm not going to say they're comfortable. I don't think they're ever comfortable when you're on the sideline. But yeah. what is yeah. what is different about this team than some of the teams in the past uh, that separates them? Yeah, you know, I think, like you said, we, we were solid defensively in every line. But I think one of the things that makes us really different is we, we have a really good mix of old and young. And we've actually – we have to – rely on more people this sounds a little bit crazy than what we've had to do in the last couple of years we've had some unbelievably like stand out uh defenders backfield players fullbacks who you know we were really being able to skip lines and had great distribution but we had to play a certain way and right now after losing that like some big pieces to graduation we just have to rely on more people and it allows us to just i think build the ball differently um and we're we're a lot more difficult to be scouted um because we can we have a lot more versatility so we can play people at different spots we can switch structures um and we haven't been able to do that the last couple of years yeah so it's fun <laughs> and it we, have a lot, fun. we have a lot we have a lot of young young players who just literally i mean you know we every year we open with wake Forest in north carolina and the acc big 10 challenge and that gets your attention right away. And some of them were like, you know, especially some of our international freshmen were like, well, it's a big deal. It was just another game to them, you know, and you got to love that. There was like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. They just play free. They're like, what? Oh, this is all new. It's amazing. I mean, exactly. I feel, yeah, I felt like watch. Well, the one of my, I don't know who it was that got interviewed after the Michigan game. Um, but she was like some, you know, the interviewer asked her this, you know, physical game. She's like, that's the big 10. We love it. Like we're ready to go. And I was yeah. actually thinking like, what's that like for the freshmen or some of your international freshmen, like yeah. welcome to the big 10, like things yeah. are intense. It was yeah. so, it was such an intense game. It, it was. And, and it was on like any, any other we played yet this year. And I literally, I walked into halftime and I was like, you ready? Welcome to the big 10. Like, let's go. Because. <laughs> I think we were a little bit surprised and you should never be surprised when you play Michigan. They're fantastic. They're fantastic interceptors. They anticipate, they, they, you know, body up. Um, and it, it caught us a little bit off guard, but yeah, I think they were like, wow, especially our international players. Like, is this how physical this can get? I'm like, yeah. And we haven't played everybody in the big 10 yet. So get ready. It's a point <laughs> you know? of pride. I love it. I mean, it's a point so of pride. Funny. You talk to any former big 10 player and it is a serious yeah. point of pride. Like people can't hang yeah. sometimes if you're yeah. like, just not used to it. And they're like, welcome to the big 10. <laughs> 
I love yeah, it. That's exactly right. No, we love it too. And I think sometimes people are always like, oh, so physical, so physical. It's physical, but there's also some really nice hockey. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it so. was incredible. I mean, I think that was the thing that really stuck out to me. It's like, as you're watching it, you're like, whoa, that was crazy. But the people are already playing through the foul and starting yep. counterattack and very yeah. like, I, yeah, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks. It was great. Glad we got out of there with a the win because Michigan's, yeah. I think, despite their record, they're an unbelievable. They're going to catch a lot of people. They are outstanding. So, y'all have uh, two conference games this weekend. I know that's always hard going twice yeah. in the league, you know, back, not back to back days, but two and three days. It's at least at home. What's the biggest challenge for you getting up for Ohio State, a top 10 or almost top 10 team, and then keeping your team up for Michigan State on Sunday? a team that comes in with a record, not as good, but certainly if you don't show up, they can win, you know, on any day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, Ohio State is, they have been building over the last couple of years and they have a fantastic team. I mean, we've had our eye on this one for a while. And I think the hardest thing to answer your question, Andrew, really is, you know, all, all right now, our sites are just on Ohio State. We're so, like solely preparing for them because I think they play a really different style than Michigan State, too. So, you know, we have to we have to really get prepared for that. And then just a really quick turnaround to play a very good Michigan State team who, again, massively improved. Um, they've they're very, very good. And we've, we've seen a few games right there. So it's just it's just a quick turnaround and just switching our mindset. But um, Ohio State is going to be a big challenge on Friday. <laughs> really big. I mean, their transition and counterattack. Yeah, we have to be ready to go. So do you think you have home field advantage? And I only ask this because to date, we have been talking quite a lot about the effect of the corn sweats on the Midwest teams. So I don't know if you're familiar with this phenomenon. If you think it plays to your advantage, you're not, you have been living what in Iowa for a long time. Oh my You've been living in Iowa for a long time. I have been in the Midwest for one very, very long year. Um, but so the corn sweats, what I've learned is that actually all the corn creates a more intense level of humidity in the Midwest because um, it traps it. So we're just curious, you know, like, is that something you consider in your training? Do you think you have home field advantage? Because we are especially worried about UMass Lola. <laughs> Coming oh from God, the I'm East dying. Coast. Yeah. I'm dying. I've actually never actually heard of the corn sweats, but I that does make sense. And we do have some serious humidity. Um, but I, I always look at it, I'm like, I want it to be so hot during preseason because we always go to North Carolina to open. So we need to like climatize. And it actually really helped us this year. We were like unfazed by the heat in North Carolina. Um, right now to Friday, it's supposed to be like a good 82 degrees. It's still pretty warm. So the corn sweats could be a factor, but I, I mean, corn sweats are always a factor and not for long though. I mean, at some point they're going to start drying up. You got to take advantage of this while you can. Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for sure. You guys. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm going to talk to my team about the corn sweats. Um, I mean, on, on, there's, more. There, there's more to talk to the team about. Okay. We'd like to know. Okay, so here's the question: You become czar of field hockey for a day, and oh. you can change one rule, and, and it sticks. And it sticks. What, okay. It sticks. Like you're only czar for the day, but it, you know, it, you get it, to decide. It, you're changing one thing, and it can be for the NCAA. It can be for everyone, or it can be like maybe just for international play. If you're like, I hate that they do this, um, and then we'll Ooh. tell you what our rule changes. 
Oh, I can't wait. Gosh, this is a great question. Okay, you know what? I would probably, if I was changing one rule for NC, I would probably say get rid of overtime. Oh, that's interesting. Funny you mentioned that. We don't care for overtime either. Yeah. But we have a get different solution. We have a different solution. Okay. okay. Two balls. Two balls? Is that Two what balls. First goal wins. It'd be chaos. It'd be amazing. Oh my Two gosh, balls. that would be massive. 11, uh, 11 on 11. We don't, none of this seven on seven garbage. Oh, I didn't know that, Andrew. 11. Yeah, because seven on seven, two balls. I mean, that, that doesn't even make sense. Oh. 11 on 11, two balls. Two balls. Two on that tonight, when, you know, when you're laying in bed. Or she's going to think about it and she's going to be like, mm, maybe a little, mm. little uh, activity at practice. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to talk to my staff about that tomorrow morning. Draw something up for that. <laughs> yeah, that that get would the, be messing. Yeah, I feel like people would, I think people would be knocking each other out. So I don't know, but yeah, I, that that that's our solution. First goal wins. All right, two balls. All right, first and goal here wins. here's our other question for you. So we okay. haven't really discussed it on the pod yet, but Andrew and I like to talk about this idea of like a normal person Olympics. So essentially, we want to drop one just average person in every Olympic event to just highlight the uh, how elite these athletes oh. are. So my question to you is, what event? And it can be because because you think you can kind of hang, like you could maybe like rock it a little bit, or, or because you think it'd be amusing, or or just like you're curious. You're like, I've always wanted to insert thing here, and obviously you can't say field hockey. I can't say field hockey. Okay, for me, and well, because you, you'd rock me, it. For me, it's pole vault. I think I thrive at the pole vault. Oh my gosh! Well, I okay, want to do gonna... power walking, a speed walking in. Because I'd be terrible at it, but I don't think people appreciate the power walkers. No, it's it. Power walking is that is quite a skill. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I love that. You know what? Team handball. <laughs> you you think you cool. could crush? Because because why? You think you could crush it? Well, here's the thing. I love it because there's like combined like elements of like soccer, hockey, basketball. I love basketball, and I love. I'm really good at throwing things, and you can like peg people. <laughs> You're inside of the court. It's like super. I think I would love that. And I watched it in the 96 Olympics. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Mm. Team handball. I did. Team handball. I did too. Did so you? What, what, yes. I grew up in Atlanta. So one okay. of the guys on the men's team, this is true. A lot of things I say aren't true. This is true. <laughs> one of the guys on the men's U.S. Olympic team in 96 was a PE teacher at my high school, my middle school. And so we did a very serious team handball unit the yeah. spring of 96 before the olympics yeah it's i mean it's almost like i to me it's a little bit like dodgeball like i would love to peg people and throw like and just be able to catch it dodgeball like i think that, should I, be I'm in the olympics it. It could why be. isn't dodgeball in the olympics it could be i know it was spoofed you know? nobody can take yeah. it seriously anymore have you seen when there's like uh, tag on espn oh my god i can't watch that <laughs> I, 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 I was either. watching ESPN and it was during the college softball world series and they had professional tag on and I couldn't, yeah. I just couldn't do it. I left the bar. And I was like, I am out. I'm out. Good. And we can't get, <laughs> we you... can't get NCAA college field hockey on. I mean, come on, come on. Come on. We got, I, I, I want professional cornhole. <laughs> I mean, come on, please. Well, they're elite athletes. <laughs> I don't think they're in the Olympics. Of course, man. That's a great question. I love that. I love that one. You guys, norm, drop a normal person into the Olympics. Absolutely, it would transform your your uh, fan experience. You, I really think so. 
Kira, sure. we did that. For we sure. did this in 15 minutes. Oh, nice. We, we didn't think we could. We we can't be brief. We're, we struggle. Oh, I think you guys are great. You're great. <laughs> Don't worry. We think that too. <laughs> uh, well, Lisa, we really, really appreciate you being our first guest on the well, pod. We are wishing you the absolute best of luck this weekend and for the rest of the season. And, and we're every super weekend. excited. Every weekend, and we're really, really excited to just watch some more awesome hockey and see see what you all pull off this year. Well, thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, I will be uh, listening in to every pitch session now from thank now on. Nice. Good luck with thank God. We'll hold you. We will. We'll yeah. hold you to that. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> avid listener here. Yeah, right. thank you so much for having me on. All right, you guys, stay well. Okay. I mean, that was fabulous. That was that was like the best 15 minutes of my week. I mean, my, maybe just, my it mom. made my made my week made it. And I don't know who we're going to have next. I imagine people are going to be like knocking our door down now. Um, but oh, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to top that. I mean, it get line, everyone. It get literally line, everyone. can't top it in the poll. I guess That's it can right. top it and it can top it in the RPI, but not in the poll. So, Kier, uh, some teams played well this week. They climbed the ladder. You think we're going to get sued by, was it Hasbro for using shoots and ladders? Shoots and ladders. We, is it Hasbro? Who makes you, Have we thought about that? Are we concerned about that? Um, I've thought about it, and I'm not concerned. Okay. So, who who's on the shoots and who's on the ladders? Um, so, shoots, first up I have. So, it's, I'm trying to keep it short. Uh, shoots this week, we got our Delaware Blue Hens. I think first time for for a bit of time. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have a losing record. We're four and six, and they have three straight losses to St. Joe's, um, Monmouth, and UConn. Um, so that took them off of the poll this week, and they are they're limping along a bit. Um, the second half of their schedule, I think, is very winnable, but they're going to have a big matchup this weekend against American University, another team that is, I think, similar to Delaware. You know, always kind of just like on the bubble in the poll, really competitive. So that'll be a really good game to watch. But our other shoot is your Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons. So they're three and four, and their losses have come to Iowa, William & Mary, UNC, and this last weekend, Miami University of Ohio. Um, that's Oxford, Ohio, not Miami, Florida. Um, and they have Duke next. So I think this is going to be a big moment for Wake Forest to determine, like, what's the next half of our season looking like? And then on our ladder side. So you're asking about if Shoots and Ladders is catching on. So Duke University Field Hockey tweeted that they're climbing the ladder this week. So is that a refer reference to a uh, pitch session? Well, you you tell me. Maybe they, maybe they owe us. Maybe. So, I mean, so, I, this might be a little bit lame, but the ladders this week are the same as last week because these teams are continuing to climb. So Duke, who tweeted that they are climbing the ladder, they're number four this week, number one in the RPI with two double overtime wins, which I said two overtime wins in Beantown. You've already corrected me. One in Boston, one in Cambridge. They beat BC and Harvard, which are two ranked wins for them. They're continuing to climb. And then... Despite a loss to Northwestern, I think Ohio State is going to continue to climb. They're number 11. They beat Ohio this weekend, but played. I watched the game against Northwestern. They played really well, so they've got a big test against the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend. But I don't think it's going to, you know, 
knock them sideways necessarily. I think we're going to see some things, you know, they're going to continue to climb. And we got to talk about your River Hawks, number 18, finally, UMass Lowell. I mean, you've been pushing that. I told weeks. you, I've been saying. So they had two wins. They beat Maine 4 0 and Brown 2 0. And don't like, you know, keep your eyes on Brown. They're doing some interesting things. Like they're just beating some teams this season that are doing just- some interesting things is a way of saying something without saying something. They're batting above their average. Here's my thing with UMass Lowell. Um, they did win the rivalry game against uh, Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts. The other classic. Massachusetts. Massachusetts classic. Um, they they did lose a combined nine to one to the other two ranked teams on their schedule. Now mm. you got to win the games in the order they come, and and the games win. You know the wins count, no doubt, especially in league play, especially against UMass. Um, they lost to Iowa five to one, which I, I mean. You're not going to fault them for that. Iowa is is destroying almost everybody. But they also got whooped pretty good 4-0 by St. Joe. So, you know, want to see them in a tougher test at some point. It, they, they have Albany uh, in a couple of weeks. That's probably the best team left on their schedule. Yeah, um, I mean, like, you bring up some good points. But I'm looking at their schedule, and I think every single one of the rest of their games is winnable. So, like, do they finish this season, like, 17-3? and that's pretty well, good they, season, and that or, gets them or, into. Or do they not lose? I mean, do they finish seventeen and two, and does that get them out of the opening? The do the they win the Amer- Are they the America East? They, they are the America East. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Kira. So, like, do they win out the America East? And like, I think would probably be their first berth in an NCAA tournament. I mean, Division One tournament. They crushed it in Division Two, but, um, in yeah. I think there's a lot of possibility for your Riverhawks. I mean, they, they they've only played one league game. They're one and zero. New Hampshire's already three and zero, and Albany is two and zero. So both of those teams remain on their on their uh, uh, schedule. They have, you know, they have the most, you know, the balance of their league schedule left, with the exception of Maine. So uh, we'll see. And they get they get Cal and Stanford at home. I believe I saw that. Saves them that trip west. Cal is at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they get hey, Cal, this is the they other thing, Andrew. The California they, teams at home. They're all home. The rest of their regular season is home except for Bryant, which is a day trip. Wow, that's a great point. And Bryant, you know, great, tough place to play. Uh, great lineage of great lineage of coaches. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, tough place to play, though, because they're still on the long turf. So, like, literally anything can happen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what games uh, games to watch this weekend here? I had a very long list that I parsed down because, you know, brevity is what we're striving for here. So my number one game to watch is your number one Iowa Hawkeyes versus number 11 Ohio State. Um, my lock of the week is that Ohio is going to win, but I think it's going to be a good game. And Ohio State's got something to prove. And is it at Ohio? Are we playing at Ohio? Let, uh, no, that is that. Uh, I was at home. Oh, right. We talked. Yeah, we just talked about corn, that. So it's we at just, Iowa. Corn sweats. Let, let me ask you a quick Iowa question, real quick, and then we'll get on. Please. And I know this is what we're supposed to be avoiding. So this is <laughs> this is their remaining schedule: Ohio State home, Michigan State home, Northwestern home, 
and that's a one-game weekend next week. Uh, then they have a two-game weekend. Uh, they do the Indiana-Louisville two-step. Then they do at Maryland, at Penn State. So that's four straightaway games. Indiana, Louisville, Maryland, Penn State. They wrap it, home, wrap it up at home with Rutgers. Do they reach the Big Ten tournament undefeated? I think so. I mean, I think they can do it. And watching them, their counterattack is stro so strong. I think the biggest challenges to them in the next, you know, for the rest of the regular season, are those challenges are going to come from Northwestern. And maybe Northwestern and, and at Louisville. I mean, that'll be. I tough. mean, Louisville, of course, they'll be tough. Um, I just don't know if the style, like, I'm not sure if the style of hockey. We'll see, right? How that how that goes. That'll be a good game. So, I mean, their toughest games for the rest of the regular season are probably Northwestern, Louisville, and Maryland. But it's the Big Ten, so like, it's always going to be super competitive. And I, I'm sure if we if we brought Coach Salucci back on for a moment, she would tell you that. You can't oh, take anything sure, for granted in the Big Ten. I'm sure she'll be on next week. I mean, she'll I, be I'm back. <laughs> but so, I'm just saying, I, and I know it's not a league game, but you know, not many people walk into the house that Justine built and leave with a, a, a an easy win. Let's just say. I like that. No, I don't think so. Um, other games to watch this week, we have number 12 Boston College versus number 10 Syracuse. So I think your big ACC matchup of the week. UVA is also playing the cards, so that's a game to watch. But I'm, I've am i got my eye on BC and Syracuse. Um, and then after that, here's your big matchup. This is what I'm really interested in watching. Number 20, for the first time maybe ever, Cornell taking on Princeton the University, red. the unranked Princeton University Tigers in uh Ivy League matchup this weekend. The and Princeton you Tigers who are struggling. Struggling. But there's, I mean, they've got pride, right? Like I, the Ivy League crown is important to them, at least some reputation there. So they're not going to just roll over and be like, we stink this year, please beat us. So that I think that'll be a really good game to watch. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would do that. I, no, I don't think so. And so before I move on to Sunday, Saturday action, number one Middlebury Panthers are playing number oh, 25. I'm just here saying, okay, go. listen to me. Listen to what I say. Number one Middlebury Panthers, who are 7-0, and who have been undefeated for like years, are playing All number 25. reason that proves the point. Okay. Number 25 Wesleyan, who just beat... Two ranked teams also in the NESCAC, Trinity and Hamilton. They're 6-1, and one, and I'm just saying, I want to see what happens. Are you working for the NESCAC? I am working for the NESCAC because the NESCAC's a great How's conference. How's that going? How's that great. going? I get springs Is off. I get springs off. I have a nice liberal arts uh, education. Campuses are beautiful. I love the NESCAC. Is that the conference Williams is in? Yes. The houses? New England Small College Athletic Association. Yeah, I know what it is. I just wanted do to spell have, it out for everyone. Do they have field hockey? Williams? Yeah. Are they any good? They're great. The EFs. I used to call them the Fs until someone corrected me. What do you think about North Carolina taking a visit to Hawk Hill on Sunday? I think it'll be a good game, but I don't... I feel like... It's I not them, a... It's not a game to watch, TM. No, it's not trademark game to watch. Sorry. Uh, but we talked about 
St. Joe's a lot in the beginning of the season, and I feel like they've kind of t we've plateaued. Well, they're we, great. We they're doing good, we, but are they going to take them. it to UNC? We ah. talked about them because of their mascot. We love the hawk. Um, I also learned this week that several people were under the impression that the hawk was an actual bird and not a mascot. Who are these people? Uh, they are going to remain nameless. I'm not here to shame people. But it is this like the, is, it, is this like the person you were watching the uh, the uh, uh, Wake Forest game with? As in non hockey people? You just said I left off and grabbed the person I was watching the game with. It was just very generic and shady. I just don't want to bring people onto this pod without just, their consent. The, the person I was watching the game with. That's just the fellow hockey fan. I you just that that's a lot of gymnastics to not say a name. What would I so instead? What if I don't want to say a name? Well, who do, what say, do I say? I, ju I jumped up and exclaimed, I don't need to right. know that someone was I will there. self, I will correct someone. Someone, I don't need to know that there's someone there whom you're not going to tell me who they are. Moving on to Sunday game to watch, trademark. They're back from break. The University of Maryland Terrapins are taking on oh, number 16, Penn State. They're, they're back from fall break. Yeah. After their br brief uh, time away, Maryland's back. Um, so Maryland is taking on Penn State, and both of these teams are currently winless in the Big Ten. So I think it's going to be a bit yeah, of a grudge match. In, in Maryland's defense, they've been all they haven't paid. Up. They haven't played any games. Now, with this game is on a Sunday. It's not a Tuesday at one o'clock. No, so they're back onto their normal Friday Sunday. Well, actually, you know what? That's funny because I actually think they're only playing one game this weekend. Oh, I they know are. they have two next weekend. No, they're they got one game this weekend. No, they have one next weekend too. <laughs> they it's got a non-league game. No, they have Penn State this weekend, Michigan State next weekend, they and play, then they, they, the third no, no, weekend. No, 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 no. What's this NCAA AU. schedule not right? They, they play AU next week. Okay, so the NCAA uh, schedule on the October scoreboard is 8th, wrong. I'm almost pots. Hang on, October eighth, Sunday. I'm pretty oh, sure God. they play American. They're they're website is on and i can't get through oh my gosh i think athletic departments need to stop being cutesy with their website they yeah. really Octo do like, october, 8th, me to the october 8th they visit jennings field well that is not on the ncaa scoreboard so missy i know you're out there listening if you could get that fixed that'd be awesome would make this a lot I, easier I, we, we also we have one thing we have a milestone watch Ooh, tell me. Steve Jennings is at 298. Shush. Really? I'm just saying, yeah. Whoa. That's big. 298. In year 25. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, either like time between my time coaching and now got went really fast, but I was there when he hit his 200. 100 wins Eight. since then? Wow. 100 wins in the post-Gebby era? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably went a lot faster than the in-Gebby era. Yeah, he's, he survived just fine with that. <laughs> yes, he, he, one might say thrived. <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't think he'd say that either. He's too nice. All right. Well, that's what I got okay. for you, Andrew. That's a pitch session. It was pitching. 
<laughs> All right. So you and me at least next week. That's right. We'll see you next week. Bye, Andrew. Right, bye, care.